same old reefer. That's right, guys, we're back to pod. My name is Matt Hayes, I'm in LA, and joining me in Chicago, he insists on doing his own stunts on the mic, Bob Panelo. Hey, Matthew Hayes, your mission, should you choose to accept it, get back on this frickin' pod and host this mofo. And give it a little analysis. This was self-destructing in about 30 minutes. Let's get this hot, <laughs> let's get the, let's get this hot pod going. Let's pod um, it up, young man. We're obviously talking Mission Impossible. Um, the only summer blockbuster I really get hyped for uh, on with regularity. Uh, this uh, is such a cool franchise. Everyone knows this movie's great by this point. It's, uh, it's top of the box office, second week in a row, um, crushing it. I think it's what sixty million already on the second weekend. One hundred and sixty um, million. One hundred and sixty total. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So. Um, number six, Mission Impossible Fallout. We'll we'll talk that. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about comedians and cars. How's that going for you? Going good. And, going good. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I don't know. Uh, catch up on some other loose ends. Uh, Ron Williams doc. Uh, check in on a few other docs I've seen. Perfect. Um, kind of cool all right well let's dive right in this uh is such a hype movie it's awesome i thought it was great yeah i'm going to give it a golden star for movie of the summer for me and oh, easy, i haven't easy. yeah i haven't gone out and seen a ton of ton but i have had a sampling of kind of the the big hits this summer and this one definitely is a shining light in what otherwise was kind of a dark season in my opinion I had uh, so much fun with this, and it really is interesting to me since J.J. Abrams kind of uh, dusted off the mothballs uh, back in but 12 years ago in 2006 doing MI3, and that was the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that one was, was probably my favorite one just because I, I'm a huge Seymour Hoffman fan and... and, and I really like what they did, and, and they really kind of set this on a new trajectory. And uh, yeah, that that definitely saved the series. A lot of people point to that as um, kind of the one that reignited the the misstep of two. I mean, it's not like it was a, a reboot, really, because they've only done two. It's just the second one wasn't that great. Um, yeah, but I they th- they brought it back in the third one, and they really keep getting better. And me and you have been talking about different franchises with the law of diminishing returns we we just talked about that with jurassic park but this is a rare case where the movies seem to be getting better as they go along and there could be an argument to be made that this is the best mission impossible movie yet uh it definitely has all the ingredients they they keep one-upping themselves and tom cruise keeps taking his body and his abilities to new heights and oh i want to learn how to fly he did that helicopter stunt in, in with six, six weeks. weeks of training it's insane um and then not to mention the the rope climb and all like the the that that nighttime aerial uh halo jump i mean just the all stuff things to that off. all things that crews went to the writer and director and specifically requested to do as well 
which I yeah. thought was very interesting. It wasn't like yeah, in the w- script and all, I'll work this out. It's like, no, um, we're going to do this. You're going to give me <laughs> these these set pieces that we need to have in there. So make sure they, they you write it into a movie. And then they write it into a plot, which is a little bit uh, reheated in, in some of its elements in terms of sure. guys yeah. got the nukes, a little bit of a double cross. That's been done before in other movies. But in otherwise, uh, a plot that's... Uh, pretty engaging i thought all the scenes uh, that weren't action scenes mattered you needed to pay attention to the dialogue it wasn't just yeah uh you know blockbuster summer filth and it's just action scene action scene and everything else in between it's just who cares uh they really kind of baked all these elements into uh, not to have a really shitty metaphor but just a very nice serving of a movie i guess yeah, I mean, a little bit of a double cross. The, the, if there aren't five double crosses in, in these movies, you feel shortchanged. I think I think that's where we're, Rogue Nation um, wasn't quite up to... It kind of stumbled a little bit for me just because the amount of double cross. You're like, okay, well, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Too much um, double cross. I, too much double cross. But uh, this one kind of righted the ship. And I, the first one, I guess you'd have to say, is probably the best one because of the stakes and like the team members die. And it's like, uh, it's more of, um, a spy thriller. And this is just like stunts with a, a script narrative. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 that but one was the, the most plot driven for sure. And they had Emilio com- Estevez on that elevator getting smushed up on the top. Floor Cut the then. blue wire. They're all blue wires. Yeah, um, but but in that said, because the some of the story behind these productions that becomes part of the the marketing for these movies is just this insane stunt that Tom Cruise does. This one happens to be well, basically everything in that helicopter chase, uh, and then him dangling on that rope, which was incredible. Uh, but insane. that be, kind of becomes part of the marketing of this movie. Is like, look what Tom Cruise has outdone himself again. But really, that first one, and in my opinion, the most suspe- sus- suspenseful action moment is that Langley, the the suspense, and it's very practical. It's basically oh just him yeah. on that wire catching the sweat on the glove, and and all that. And that that's really plot driven. That moment, mm-hmm. um, exactly. And it's and it didn't need all the that that hoopla. But with that said, where it's gone now, I'm not complaining because that helicopter no, chase. No, I could have watched two hours of the helicopter chase. I um, really loved it. Yeah. Well, I got so many things to to unpack. But yeah, yeah, the the last half hour was right worth the price of mission. Um, and I think what Rogue Nation got wrong is that their big uh, set piece was right at the beginning with him dangling on that plane. And mm-hmm. that was that was less that was less suspenseful because it's like we're you know just getting out of the gate you don't really know what it means and he's just kind of hanging on and there's yeah. no action there's no movement there's no stakes uh, well there's stakes but there's no like where does this go what's what, there's no narrative driving force or whatever so this is the climax and it's just like the opposite of that um, and there's all these things going on on the ground with like the ticking clock um, but yeah I mean I know I saw this in IMAX I was like I'm not seeing this movie if I don't see it in IMAX and when that screen goes full screen with like the helicopter footage, I was like, "This is fucking insane! It's beautiful! I, I can't believe it! I'm I'm at the edge of my seat! Like I've never seen anything like this before." Yeah, um, I really blew that, it because I did not really think about the significance of the IMAX before we went to see it, and so I walked out going, "Man, do I have to go back in now and rewatch this movie at IMAX because the helicopter scene is probably exactly yeah. as you described it." It's it. It's just 
otherworldly. It's so the it's crystal clear. I mean, you've seen IMAX films before. That yeah. that's what struck me about Ghost Protocol and why I was like, oh my god, I'm like addicted to these films now. When when that IMAX camera pans out on that crane and Tom Cruise is stepping off that off ledge, that and, ledge then, and then clicking onto that window. Yeah, I, I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. This is uh, absolutely thrilling. Um, and now I'm like just addicted to the. The authenticity of that. I mean, say what you about Tom Cruise, but I think these this franchise is probably, and you know, you got Tom uh, Top Gun and all that other stuff. But this is, do you think this is kind of his? Um, oh man, I don't know. Like uh, what he'll be what remembered he'll be for in the back? Yeah. yeah, I think so. And and when you really start to, and I just had had a conversation about Arnold Schwarzenegger a, a couple weeks ago. But when you really start to think on the the entire canon of action films, and in in you can kind of take different ones and, and say this is the best action movie maybe, but in terms of franchise and consistency of a franchise, I'm hard-pressed to think of something that's better. I really am. In terms of, like, Predators, of course, there's Law of Diminishing Returns. Terminator, they've, they've done just as many Terminators as Mission Impossible, but only two of them are really memorable. But these ones are just consistently hitting the mark, and you really have to... And there, and and you can, you really have to give credit to the fact that they've had multiple different directors step in, mm-hmm. and all of them have had their own unique perspective, which have all, for the most part, hit. And then you got really got to yeah, credit I mean, they, Tom Cruise and just his his approach to it. That guy gets all the credit. I mean, it's like he's like what? I mean, writer, producer, uh, stuntman, actor, and, and apparently, you fact- <laughs> make sure you're putting helicopter scenes and and Halo jumps yeah. and, and all that suggestion as well. So we yeah we just watched a um, what a podcast interview with some a behind at, the yeah. scenes footage yeah and uh, so yeah God what's his name uh, Christopher McQuarrie is talking about how this film is written you know because he I guess this guy was a genius Hollywood fixer um, he would come in and fix scripts and he's and now now he's directing but um, I was really interested to learn that. He sends his location team out just to find. He's like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Like, what what's what scene am, are we shooting? Like, just find me cool stuff, and I'll tell you what's happening there. Yeah. And then, so he's he doesn't even have a script. He's like, oh, uh, I don't even know how you search the globe with that sort of um, wide net. But anyway, they find these locations where they're able to film certain things. And Tom's like, I want to do a helicopter chase. I want to do a halo jump from twenty five thousand feet. Um, I think halo jump just means um, a skydive requiring oxygen or at, mm-hmm. at a certain level. Yeah, because they've got, and that's that's a dramatic element or a suspenseful element in the is, is reconnecting the, right. the oxygen tank on Henry Cavill. So, so you you have Tom wanting to do these crazy stunts just because he's a madman and he just loves having fun uh, <laughs> and pushing the limits of what he can do, and then you have the just people off in search of cool places to set these stunts, and then you build a franchise uh, narrative around it. And it's crazy how that would seem like in reverse um, of what, you know, you and I would Yeah, uh, and I'm just taken by, and Tom Cruise has been in the industry for many, many years now, but I was just right. taken watching that featurette, just his insights to, he's just so aware of the camera and he's able to tell these cinematographers like, no, I'm hitting my mark, go watch this again. And, and he's right on the money. And 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 just his his commitment to the authenticity of it, because I for yeah. certain uh, thought that Halo jump was uh, done in a green screen, and the fact that he's he continues to push the limit, and it it 
benefits the movie so greatly when they do and really it sets these action movies out this is one of the my best action movies i've seen in years and i you, i really just my respect level for tom cruise every time a mission impossible comes out just just raises that much more well, that's why I like to go see these movies because I assume everything is real. I mean, what, what does it say to you that you saw the movie and you, you, you it looked like green screen to you, so you didn't really like? Because like I, I'm getting like this visceral thrill knowing that it's real life. And there's also you know the CGI overlaid. There's there's editing techniques, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can you can kind of assume there's some level of uh, you know editing and 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 CGI. But for the most part, I'm like, this is all practical stunts, and I that's why I, I go to the these movies. But is it is it not landing for you? Is it even no? Worth it I'm to- I'm giving it. I, I hope I'm making myself clear. I'm giving it credit that I just default normally when there's fantastical stunts done that mm-hmm. there's there's green screen all over the place in it. So I just I just started to assume, and then as you're watching this the scene for play out, you're like, oh, this a lot of this looks like he's actually diving. And then you go and you, you you check when you get home and you're like, oh my God, he actually did that. And I knew that I knew just from the promotion of the movie and the marketing material that he had also done the the work with the helicopters on either on the rope and inside of the helicopter. But you know, yeah. just the, just the natural person going to see a Hollywood movie these days is just assuming it's all green screen. But really, he's he's doing all this stuff and it's 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 amazing. Well, that's that's what changed for me with Ghost Protocol, the fourth one, where you see the movie full IMAX, it's a whole big event. You're like, yeah, this looks really pretty. Um, wow, I mean, <laughs> I thought they were filming from like the first floor, and it was all CGI. And then go back, you watch these behind the scenes, these featurettes. Like, wait, he did that for real? What? The-? Then I'm like, I, I gotta go back and see it again. Like, I, I totally missed it. And yeah. so you think a lot of the people don't appreciate what like the practicality and insanity of these actual i mean they must know now but i think with four because it was such a unthinkable stunt to do yourself mm-hmm. that uh that's why the second viewing of these movies are all, almost even better because you're like this was real that was real this is all real i i have to go back and see that again um whereas this going in i assume now so like that's why i'm so desperate to see him it's so it's addicting to get that authenticity yeah and then just just outside of the action scenes alone the, I really like the way the Mission Impossible uh, set or the plots end up being. It's you've got your big mission, right? You've got your big mission to take this plutonium mm-hmm. and, and and shut this syndicate down. But then within the mission becomes these little mini missions that they have to complete. So it's like, yep. okay, first you gotta uh, uh, kidnap this guy because we have this kind of leverage on you, and then you've got to go do this, and then so he's constantly bouncing from mini missions within his his grand mission to do that. I really think that helps drive the energy of the plot and um, the circumstances. I, I I've always really appreciated that with with these movies. And again, this is the the plot is is very adult. I feel it's very. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't. It. I didn't feel like an idiot watching it, and I and I felt um, challenged in in finding out certain motives and, and and certain character arcs, which you know I always appreciate that kind of stuff too. Again, the nuke stuff that's been done before. It, it's it's a little bit of a yeah. retread, but in a lot of ways, I found myself really liking the plot as well. How'd you feel? Yeah. Well, like villains having nukes. That's that's the most doomsday device. Like we. You know, yeah. the, the, that has the most impact on, you know, a, a thing you can think of to stop. 
uh, that and uh, releasing, you know, like germ warfare. Which yeah, I mean, exactly. Is realistic way of uh, causing mass terrorism. Um, no, I, I, it's it's very intelligent. I loved it. I, where do you stand on the mask stuff? Because I, I, I love how they always work it in. And at some points, it's it's kind of laughed at. It's become a joke. It's like, oh my god, we're not doing that uh, again. Masks it's like again, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's cheesy, but they make it work. And you know, they they find ways to like the strip that you know masks the voice. And I think they're they're more they're more cognizant of uh, well, we need kind of need to match the height of this guy. <laughs> Whereas before, I don't even know they because Tom yeah. Cruise was playing uh, what's his Philip Seymour Hoffman or something. Yeah, yeah, you're like the, no, no way. So I think they're more cognizant and believable. It's, it's definitely it's definitely built into the expectation of a Mission Impossible movie. Now I know some people definitely are like, "Oh, we got the new Mission Impossible is good." Do they do the mask thing again? I I, I do laugh at that sometimes, but yeah, you know. And then you, you kind of had a feeling something was going on when uh, Benji was was doing the, "Oh, you got to go play this guy," and then they, they're standing up together, and, and you had a feeling there was going to be some sort of uh, double cross onto henry cavill but uh yeah i don't know i, I thought that it, i'm part. fine with it i'm fine with it what did you think of uh mr mustache himself in this did you like him hey like him? henry cavill yeah um he, he's just he's not on par as an actor um in terms of being interesting he's just kind of like the muscle um i think he's fine i think um I mean, can you imagine it because it was down to him and daniel craig for uh casino royale can you imagine oh, like that would awful the, yeah, that's and I think he's he's being considered to, to, to now to to take it over. I just don't I think it'd be such a bad idea. Well, because like Man from Uncle was kind of his audition for that, and it's a fine movie. I don't I just don't think he's interesting enough or dynamic enough. No, he's very bland. I I did kind of like the the image that when when the CIA says, "Oh, you guys prefer a scalpel? That's Ethan Hunt. I prefer a hammer." You've got this yeah. the jacked up dude there, and kind of the the physical the physical menacing presence of him and that's a challenge that ethan has to overcome i did appreciate that uh, i thought that the action scene really looked well and played well when they when they were in that bathroom and he was rocking oh, cool yeah uh, that was i i loved the bicep reload <laughs> the bicep yeah the bicep reload yeah because uh, that that was in the trailer i was like oh that's pretty cool but yeah it, yeah but the they hit the, in the trailer it even hits the beat like yeah the, like yeah the beat of the trailer song was like oh i was like that's pretty rad uh and great, so he looked shot. really good in those in in that action combat but uh, anything that wasn't action related that was kind of story and plot he definitely left yeah, some he to be desired um but uh, yeah that that bathroom sequence speaking of bond it kind of reminded me of their opening sequence to casino royale where it's black and white and he's beating the fuck out of that guy <laughs> yeah. um, for, for his first kill it's just the most brutal scene i've ever seen in a bond movie i was like oh my god yeah this is all right we're doing this uh yeah. so that, that that was kind of a those were definitely the characters that we would have played were the bathroom harassers that see three feet, uh, three sets of feet. <laughs> yeah. and me hey, and let you. us in. Hey, no, you're only sexy. You're trying to get your phone up <laughs> over the top. They're trying to make this. That would have been our character. Make this mask. Yeah, what a great, what a great little co-star. Yeah. Um, oh God, I was struck with uh, some of the quotes from the Macquarie th- thing that I love, where it's like, you know what? We're Mission Impossible. We do this for real. It's it's not even a question of uh, well, can we do it with green screen? Should we? How are we going to do this? It's like no, this is just going to happen, and we're doing this for real. Uh, I like that. And then he was talking about there's no success without failure. Um, 
this just kind of yeah just these little yeah knowing he had on the film yeah knowing the director really feeling the next movie is going to get bashed for just because there are so many things that went right on this one he's like i'm just it's just certain that something's i'm gonna be up against it on my next project but you know I'm, i'm okay with that as well and i'm just grateful that this movie is going so well so yeah, just a, an absolute blast. Movie of the summer, in my opinion, which I, I was kind of expecting, but uh, I, I'm happy that they pulled it off, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again, and, and, and I'm really, truly debating going back and checking it in IMAX. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, and uh, you're, you're debating, definitely get the ticket to IMAX, because it seems to be worth it. Absolutely. I mean, I and it's upwards of 30 bucks to see that in IMAX, which, which is a tough sell, but... I mean, at the same time, this is, uh, I think it's, you know, you can talk to me about your Marvel movies all you want. I think movies like this, where it's like the practical stunts and the authenticity and the star's face right there, there's no green screen. This is the visceral thrill. uh, You don't really get too much anymore. Yeah. uh, Me and you had talked about the- I would go all in. Me and you had talked about the Incredibles and how we appreciated the, the spy element. And of course, this is the ultimate spy movie. So maybe we- uh, just retrospectively have been leaning more towards spy than we have superheroes and uh the director of uh, incredibles directed ghost protocol there we go wrap that uh, up how do you that. rank them how do you rank them by the way uh because i i i think out of respect i might have to go one uh first i i haven't i haven't rewatched in a while but it, like you were talking about that it's such an iconic image of ethan hunt dangling over the floor yeah uh, that's catch, my first catch, one Catching and, his sweat. Yeah, that's and that amazing. that's 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 where you really get the Ethan Hunt character. Because now in these films, it's just Tom Cruise, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I mean, it's just like I, I'm amazed that he's even able to like get, wrap his mind around his his intentions in in a scene, given his producing, his 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 stunt coordination, like everything that goes into every scene. And he's also got to think about the plot that was just kind of almost thrown together to get all this stuff into it. Um, I, I just think it's incredibly impressive. Incredibly uh, so, impressive. I think, yeah, I would say number one for me, too, you've got John Voight as the villain who's John just an all-time great actor. Uh, the, the That copter scene, you got more copter in that, but the, that kind of the image of that propeller blade spinning around, coming so close to oh, slicing God. the throat yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end. That's a great one. All of the, uh, the, the, the break-in to get the disc, that's just... A, an image or a scene i'll never forget so i gotta put that one at one uh for iconic purposes and then i would i would maybe say this is two or uh, mission impossible three is two for me and that's the um uh philip seymour hoffman one i really like that one then um ghost protocol is really good i have ghost protocol as two and i think fallout is three um just because of the Burj Khalifa scene alone and how that kind of really jacked up the stakes. Um, yeah, you, with you three, have a really good point. Uh, that really set it on the course for these these last two movies as well. Like I think Brad Bird, Brad Bird really gave the groundwork of what how intense and uh, death defying these movies are uh, and three was a great like okay well let's all right let's let's get this back on track uh we we need a good villain that's always a good way to solve problems with an action movie um abrams is great at you know essentially bringing things back to what we love you know he, he's got that jar of member berries yeah. and he he, he uses them he, um, he's a good resetter 
for sure. Yeah, he's a great resetter. Um, but that one had Billy Crudup in it. There was there was some good acting in that one as well. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, the scene at the the Kremlin. Um, that was a good part of that mm-hmm. where they have to uh, they have to mimic the, whatever. Um, yeah, and and obviously too. At the, so I that guess one's Rogue at, Nation that one's in the back. Yeah. I mean, Rogue Nation right above, too, but that's still a great movie. I, I definitely recommend, actually, I watched Rogue Nation days before seeing Fallout because um, I had plans to see Fall and they fell through. No pun intended. But uh, so I, 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 saw, I saw Rogue Nation instead, and it was like a great little precursor just to kind of like refresh the, the players. Yeah, and we'll, a have lot of Renner, the we'll have Renner coming right back in this one. He had to take some time off to do superhero stuff but he's going to be, yeah. he's going to be coming back and yeah, there was one point maybe like a ta- uh handing off of the torch but i don't know man i i, I was thinking is tom cruise like 50 years old how can there be no one to beat his ass yet but i'm fine with it man i'm i i really yeah, reverse look. my course in terms of that conversation yeah that that that's a critique i just thought was ill-founded because look, you're watching him do it for real i mean like what do you want um He's still obviously able to do these things, and no one else could. Uh, like you, you can't just get some stuntman in there and like kind of turn him into a movie star. Um, but uh, did you like the the physical presence, like at the Henry Cavill, like the the physical enemy? Because he he really hasn't had a, a physical villain. Yeah, because and uh, I did, and, and I, I also Mc- liked watching him struggle. Like there was a lot of moments yeah. where kind of the old, uh, the the age of the character even showed a little bit, and just how it yeah. was a little less effortless. Like he wasn't saying. quite able to get his legs up onto the the helicopter, and he fell that first attempt. Yeah, yeah, um, or even just when he rolls off that bike, and he he's got the limp, and he's he's less right. indestructible now, and and he's you know kind of limping away jogging uh from from the police in that moment there's there's different elements of that where he's not as indestructible i feel as he has been in the past skyfall did a good job about that too where it's like the the aging the aging weapon you know the i'm too old for this shit yeah there are no shadows um so i think there was a it was a it's a good kind of pivot to age or be aware of his aging and be like how long can you keep doing this blah blah blah. we need to bring in a hot new agent uh you can't do this anymore so i think they did make us or have a nod towards that inevitability of how long can you keep doing this so mm-hmm. i think that was smart to do as well um uh how, do you do you remember how many films anthony hopkins was in because I, I miss him as being the uh well, uh, Mr. Hunt, it's not agent. It's not per- mission difficult. It's mission impossible. I don't remember, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I think he was in the second one. I don't know. Alec Baldwin's a nice substitute. Yeah, he's a great. He's a great handler. Uh, the handlers have always been fun. My um, favorite. My favorite. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is uh, Tom Wilkinson in the back of that car. During one of them, and yeah. it's like said, it said right before the car blows up and everybody, Wilkinson dies and everything, but Mr. Hunt, your mission, should you choose to accept it? He, he does it in person, and I, I just really liked the, the wrinkle <laughs> in there. That was good. Um, I think the only good part about two is where the opening scene where he's free climbing up to his mission, which is on those sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I'm on vacation, throws the sunglasses <laughs> on the Yeah. <next> <laughs> Yeah, um, and then you got that cool Limp Biscuit uh, theme song. For yeah, me. we need more Limp Biscuit. Uh, well, cool. We'll, we'll we'll end there. I think we talked enough about Fallout. Just go see it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm planning to re-see it as well. Um, 
in, in IMAX again, and I know you are as well. Um, so yeah, let's finish up, finish up there. And did you want to dive into these other? T- how how you doing with the comedians and cars? Yeah, we'll do a comedians and car chop before we send it on the way. Uh, so I'm five in. So I've seen Zach Galifianakis. I've seen um, uh, who Tracy Morgan, Brian Regan, Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, I think that's oh, and Dave Chappelle. Yeah, those are all great ones. I I mean, I was writing down. I've seen them all, and I don't remember what you still have to have left. Oh, uh, Dave Chappelle's co-writer. What's his name? The guy with the three mics mm-hmm. special. Um, but yeah, the Zach Galifianakis one I loved, where they're they have like four rounds of donuts. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, and, they end up going to that donut shop next to the diner, and then they end up ordering a donut at the diner. Yeah, as well. <laughs> and then they go to the diner like, "What do you guys have? A donut?" <laughs> 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 that was really funny and then it takes forever and like you know what they just probably just walked across yeah they the walked across we the street that's what took her so long she had to go pick it up from that donut shop we were just <laughs> yeah that was a good one and then i love brian regan he's one of my favorite comedians yeah so he, i every time i watch he, brian regan in something i think of you he's always a great hang i just love his uh i love his i, I love his whole his act i love his his humor. And then uh, when they're talking about the phrase, well, it didn't blow me away. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 hey, how was that dynamite you bought? Well, I mean, it didn't blow me away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> like the negative review on dynamite. I like the conversation out. that they had on every job. Like there's a certain dollar amount where you consider it. And just the, yeah. just the uh, if you're a, if you're a psychiatrist, it's like, that's just listening to other people's shit. But, you know, how much are they going to pay me? 45 minutes? Okay. And then wanting yeah. to see what's on their notepad. <laughs> if you read the notepad, it just says, this guy's uh, yeah. a moron. <laughs> uh, yeah, also... that's... Uh... Go ahead. Well, I think Jer- Jerry and Larry share that sense of humor on psychiatrists, if you think back to the last season of Curve. Oh, yeah. The chair. Spend that whole... Yeah, the chair. It's it's a funny... It's it's a it's a nice realm of, of humor. The I think they both really like needling with the whole psychiatry profession yeah larry david is 100 percent seeing a psychiatrist this afternoon yeah. <laughs> I, I uh i i liked brian regan's insight as well on just the the butterflies that he gets before he goes up on stage and how oh, he yeah. needs them and he had a really interesting point in that uh, everything in your life that's memorable you had butterflies probably before it so the butterflies yeah. are basically memory makers and he's like if you're not having butterflies it's probably not going to be very memorable so embrace yeah, them. which is crazy because like you know like amateurs like us who have tried stand up or like even before improv shows you're like god this, i'm so nervous this is so terrifying and then you go out there and you have fun and you're like how do these people do it for like packed stadiums and they must be so cool and calm to be able to do that but no it's just the same feeling and you're just chasing that high essentially and yeah. once you don't feel it then it's like you don't care anymore. That's, I like yeah. Jerry's insight on not hearing the laughs as well. And the people ask him, he's like, no, during that laugh, the crescendo of that laugh, and, and then the, the, the consequent like die down of the laugh, I'm thinking of my next move. And I'm and mm-hmm. I'm working out like the perfect time to bring in my next transition. So he's like, when people ask me, do I hear the laugh? He's like, no, I'm working. I'm out here. And I'm I forget. I forget who he's talking about this to. He's talking about like getting a negative review on a show. He's like, it's Brian Regan. Look, man. Yeah. Oh, is it? He's like, "Hey, look, I I've already left town with the money. Uh, the the laughs were the review. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like I already which won. Is so, yeah. Look, I already left. I already left town with the money. Like, what? Like, who who cares? 
That's I, so like, true. I, I, but but the I, I, and the fact that you can't deny it, like you know, sometimes yeah. it's subjective, but th- you can't you can't say that they're not laughing. It's right there. The laugh is right, right. there. So obviously, someone's finding it funny. Yeah, which is great. And I have a hard time thinking Jerry Seinfeld gets any bad reviews anyway. Yeah. Which I think Brian Regan said. The Dave Chappelle one is really cool. He's always just a very interesting human being and he he just really strives to be as natural as possible and, and live as natural of a life as possible and and that's just a perfect show to kind of showcase yeah. that. The it Alex- wasn't a it wasn't a hilarious episode, but yeah, exactly how Jerry says, you're you're so young and old at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Like, always, always has this wise sort of uh, uh, perspective, philosophical sort of outlook. Yeah. And then Ellen was really interesting. I and again, not necessarily hilarious, but a, a nice conversation. I felt I ended up going their dynamic on- was really good. I went I went and watched her first ever set because it's it's kind of featured a lot in that. I went and watched her first ever set on Carson afterwards and I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, yeah. she's she's uh you know a, a lot of her stuff comes from places of uh pain or adversity and and just the conversations they had I thought were particularly cool. And then Tracy Morgan is just a maniac and he's kind of fun <laughs> in his own way. Yeah, you just got to go along for the ride and I mean the guys <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the outro to that was hilarious, and it's it's just a quick cl- cut of uh-huh, them in the car uh-huh. and Tracy going, you know, you know Kramer from Seinfeld, you know Kramer. And Jerry's driving. And oh, goes, oh, do I remember? Do I him? remember him? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah, and all the outtakes of his random yeah. sayings. Yeah, uh, something about like uh, something about the lasagna. I don't know. Ball fork breaks. Ball for Franks. Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, oh cool, man. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's just uh, cut it there. We're at thirty-three. Um, we'll uh, play out with a little ding. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a good rest. Possible fallout. Go see that madman try some death-defying stunts. Yeah. Hey, as you try some stunts when you're spelunking. Bye. Yeah.